A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Laura Capon. I'm Pacey Gilmore, and this week we'll be joined by Master Dominic, who is a sex educator and blowjob expert. Ooh, right. Straight away, excited to speak to Dom. Actually, I should check. if. <laughs> I, um, can I call him Dom? I'll call him Master. Oh my God, I've just realised. Dom the Dom. He's a dominant, and he's called <laughs> Dominic. I, I'm going to call him Mind blown. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Dominic. <laughs> Mr. Dominic. Or master, master. Um, I will okay, enough. He'll be coming. He'll be. Oh, I've already done that joke. Um, I <laughs> wanted to, to talk about something you wrote on the site about um, something that's being coined turbo relationships. Um, so, if for anyone that doesn't know, can you explain what a turbo relationship is? Um, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for reading my work, Laura Capon. <laughs> I an always author. read your work. I know. And you always tell me and I just really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, A turbo relationship is what relationship therapists um, are calling the relationships where at the start of lockdown, couples who lived apart and maybe who hadn't been together for very long were like, oh, what should we do? We can either choose to live together right now or we can face the idea of not seeing each other for who knows how long. So people in turbo relationships are the ones who kind of fast track their relationship, moved in together before they had planned to in order to spend lockdown together. Oh, so we know. And by the way, I did check with her that I could um, mention her. So um, Amy, who's our fashion director at Cosmo, she's in a turbo relationship, but she does it still count because she met him before um, lockdown kind of started and they got engaged really quickly within a like was it like within five weeks? It was really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously because of lockdown, they moved in together. Does that still count? It's just any relationship that kind of had its uh, moving in together stage fast forwarded because of the pandemic. So yeah, it does t- totally work. I 100% want a turbo relationship. But is there any, um, is a turbo relationship a good thing? Do we have any, do we have any research, any um, case studies of how well it will go long term? That's a really great question because someone like me who is uh, petrified of uh, moving in with someone, I would think that moving in together ahead of time and after not knowing each other for a very long time would be disastrous. But I spoke to um, some relationship therapists from Relate and they said, actually, what they're seeing is couples who've entered into these turbo relationships and moved in together quickly are actually having a really amazing time together because they're bonding, they're spending loads of time talking 
talking and getting to know each other. There's more time for them to have sex and get to know each other's bodies. And actually, they think that the couples who've got together in these turbo relationships during the pandemic, have uh, they're more likely to survive in the long term. which is interesting so i do need a super boost thing is though it's a bit late you you kind of needed to do it at the start of lockdown (laughs) you've missed your opportunity is brilliant well i was about to say could have a second wave but i do not want to wish that upon any of us so Mm -mm. fine i'm happy to have missed it um what's the opposite of a turbo relationship a a snail's relationship (laughs) i don't know being single what's a slow piece slow movement speed should we just what are you asking (laughs) (laughs) the opposite of turbo but maybe we should just end this i think we should end it now (laughs) and get on the blowjob expert yeah is it what does he have like a professional qualification in blowjobs yeah i don't think that exists you really shouted um i know i do jobs then you excited i haven't said it for a while Mm mm-hmm Okay, right. Okay. Here he comes. Oh, I'll stop it. No. <laughs> I don't know how to do it without saying, and here he comes. And I would never normally say that. Why do I keep saying it for him? I can't breathe. <laughs> okay. Um, let's get Dominic in. We're joined today by Master Dominic, a professional dominant dungeon master and blowjob expert. He's also a sex educator and teaches public and private classes on how to give a really good head. He's here to share his BJ wisdom with us. Hi, Dominic. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I wish we could have recorded the intro where we're talking about your parrot, but... Um... <laughs> the wanking parrot. <laughs> she's, so, she's so sexual. <laughs> Just like her dad. Um, yeah. So I guess... My first question is, what is a dungeon master? Um, I have n- genuinely no idea. So um, the the dungeon master thing, I, I run a dungeon. Uh, it's somewhere where the, the sort of polite way of putting it is a private hire space for adults to enjoy themselves in. Oh. Uh, Essentially, uh-huh. it's um, a big, scary room full of dildos. Uh, so that's <laughs> like where Tower I of the... London. <laughs> Yeah, so the dungeon, um, it's where, you know, a dungeon is the sort of catch-all word for for a place where someone, uh, where someone like me works. Uh, and so, yeah, for all of the equipment that you'd imagine, spanking benches, a fucking machine called Ethel, because she's very old. Um, I'm going to retire. <laughs> Ethel is older than me, um, <laughs> which is to say that she's 18. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm turning 30 in a couple of weeks, and I, in a very cliched fashion, I'm freaking out about it. Oh, you're so young. You can't say that to us. No way are you over 30. We're both over 30. Yeah, 33. Fuck. 31. So I started when I was, and I'm doing air quotes, 18 uh, in my job. So I'm sort of 30 going on 60. Um, but no, so anyway, the the, the dungeon, um, we get couples, we have, um, we had a gangbang in there a while ago, they hired it, um, and so it was one woman, and about 20 men, and she's my spirit wow. animal, and I love her, uh, and she had bright orange hair, which was beautiful, very fifth element, and for about a week afterwards, I was finding clumps of orange hair, all over, <laughs> it didn't matter how much I hoovered, I kept finding orange hair. Uh, all over the dungeon. So, what did they do to her? Um, <laughs> so, had that been her fantasy, and she'd hired it out? You see, I don't know if she was a sex worker and she'd been booked for it, and mm. or, or maybe I mean, she arrived with a, a gentleman companion, 
And the vibe that I got was they were a couple, but a good hooker or sex worker, I use hooker as a a positive thing, I refer to myself as one, um, Mm -hmm. will be really good at projecting that energy outwards. And so Mm -hmm. everyone in the room assumes that you are a couple when in fact you're only there because he's chucked you a few grand. Um, And so I don't don't know, and it's not really my business to ask, and that's sort of the dungeon master slash owner thing is I let people in and I show them around and I say, you know, here is Ethel and and blah, blah, blah. Have fun. Don't burn my dungeon down. Text me when you're done. So how did you come to be a dungeon master and get into this line of work? Because you said you started like young. So the professional domination came first. Um, yeah. And that's what sort of led into to everything else. And there's no, everybody always wants a, a salacious story, I suppose, but it was just always what I wanted to do. Um, I've always been like, fucking weird um ready for a shocking one you know pinhead in hellraiser oh yeah hellraiser films yeah watching hellraiser (laughs) was the first time i ejaculated yeah um and i was what 10 um and here's this guy with the pins in his head and the leather and the nipples out and like a dress and everything and i couldn't figure out if i wanted to be him or fuck him um but either way you know and then (laughs) when i was about 12 after that i was watching one of those trashy late night um, I thought was it what was it called sex etra something like oh, that you know, I the, you know those yes. like yeah you know those sort of kind of naughty trashy late yeah. night magazine programs and there was a, a dominatrix which is the female uh, where technically for for me it would be dominus which I think makes me sound like a massive fucking wanker so I don't use it um, <laughs> but she was there in the latex and the strong black brow and the red lip. Um, and she was very harsh and very like this, and she had a man on her lead uh, who wasn't allowed to make eye contact with her. And I immediately just went, that, that's me. You know, I I don't know if (laughs) males exist. Um, I don't know how that works. And so at the end of secondary school, uh, when everyone else was applying to college, I was ringing up dungeons and saying, hi, can I have a job? (laughs) And so, yeah, no, no salacious story. It was just, that's what I want to do. Um, I, you know, my, my very first year, our school report remarked on how bossy, uh, <laughs> I was. And I, I was just always pigheaded about, I'm not going to change that. I'm going to capitalize on it. So can you give a brief outline of what being a professional dominant involves? Um, I beat up married men while they jerk off. And so again, the, 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 the cute little soundbite is I facilitate BDSM scenarios for money. Um, so, you know, if someone has a foot fetish or, you know, they want to be kidnapped or something like that, then they will Google and they'll find someone like me, uh, and they, they pay up and experience fantasy and, and there you go. Um, so as much as it, it's got a lot of comedic value and everything around it, it's essentially a customer service job. Um, you know, someone pays you and says, you know, I want to do this ridiculous thing. You know, I want to be hit in the head with a rubber chicken. Uh, true story then then yeah and, and it's actually really fulfilling work I think um, I myself can be a bit guilty of, of turning it into a, a joke too often mm-hmm. um, but a lot of these people it's not because they're weird and it's not because they can't get it elsewhere and they're not a freak or a pervert or whatever it's just can you imagine if you had you know by definition a fetish is you cannot achieve arousal or orgasm without the, the presence of that activity and so can you imagine if yours is being hit in the head with a rubber chicken? How do you yeah. go into a bar and chat someone up and then go, mm-hmm. 
So I've just bought my rubber chicken. If you could just wallop me with it a little bit, that would be grand. <laughs> uh, and so, so that's where the, the sort of need for people like me comes from. I guess I should say the reason I know Master Dominic is because I once attended um, one of his blowjob classes, salons. How did you come to be an expert in such activities? Um, I fucking love dick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've always been, as my grandfather once referred to me as, heinously promiscuous, um, <laughs> yeah. which that's going to be on my gravestone. No, so I was approached when Coco de Mer was run by Love Honey. They were looking for new uh, educators. And so I was approached to teach about kink because that's my job. Uh, and I don't have sex with my clients. Um, it's, you know, what other sex workers want to do is absolutely fine, but I don't. Uh, that's sort of a more old school, traditional, professional dominant is you're, you're typically not allowed to touch us above the knee. But of course, my personal life is very different. Um, I, you can find me at, at your local glory hole uh, most of the time. And so I, when I was just sort of talking to this person that was interested in, in booking me for a, a class about kink, it was literally a joke. Uh, I just said, uh, and I happened to give a cracking blowjob. And I didn't realise that that's... That's a really good idea because I'm a man um, and I'm gay, and so I can teach a room or, or talk to a room full of women without it having that weird undertone of "Do you want to practice?" Um, yeah. And so now that's sort of my personal life, which is important as a as a career sex worker, is to have that divide. You know, work is work, and personal is personal. And mm -hmm. so I had I had clocked up quite the number. Um, sometimes, I don't know if it happened when Paisley was there, but sometimes in, in the classes, someone will put their hand up and go, just out of curiosity, how many dicks are we talking? Uh, and we were, we were out of double figures by the time I was 20. Uh, and the most amount of penises that I stimulated at the same time is six, which was two in the butt, two in the mouth and one in each hand. Oh, I can't even do one properly. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why do you think people are so worried about giving blowjobs um because men are trash and don't talk about what they want <laughs> um, no Whoa. like that, genuinely that's it um coming out swinging already uh can you tell that i, I was raised by a staunch bra burning feminist hellraiser hellraiser <laughs> hell's angel uh my mum's a hell's angel biker oh my um, god that's yeah so cool. she's she's more famous than i am actually um she comes <laughs> up in a lot of stuff um, now, what I've learned in, in blowjob class, um, it's called playing the flute. I wanted to call it Dick Sucking 101, but apparently that's not very <laughs> on brand. Um, no, what I've really learned is it, and it, it's such a, like, almost eye-roll groan, and I, I hear it, or I feel it happen in the room when an educator such as myself says it, but it's communication. And people assume that there's mm -hmm. this sort of magic button that you can press, or there's this secret formula and, and yeah, there's biology and anatomy and the XYZ nerve ending and blah, blah, blah. Um, but for the most part, it's communication. And, and a lot of the time I've learned in the, I think, 10 years I've been teaching now, it's the complete lack of communication. A, lo a lot of the women that I teach, I'll say to them, has he ever said, suck on my left nut? And they'll go, no. And like, okay, so you actually don't know what what feels good for him and what he likes. How in hell, because... I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, of course it is. Does it then become the woman's fault or the, mm. or, or, or the impetus is on the woman to figure out what he wants when he's not fucking telling you? Mm. Um, and of course it is is part of 
of the the fifty percent role that the woman has to to sort of facilitate open communication, you know, be open to it and and try and encourage it. But also, you're not going to know to suck his left nut if he doesn't tell you to suck his left nut. Uh, as an example. Why do you think, because we know from our listeners and Cosmo readers that loads of people are quite daunted by the idea of having to ask someone what they like. Is that something you've noticed with the women who come to your classes? They're scared to say, what should I do? It's like, we're supposed to just know. It's supposed to be this sort of uh, sexy, effortless, wordless, and that's bullshit. Mm. Um, And Mm -hmm. I I think, like, cut me off if I start ranting for too long. Um, but it's that we don't arm young people. I don't mean children, but I mean young young adults. We don't arm them with the simple baseline. Um, well, the simple baseline. Uh, can you tell I'm a bit concussed? For people listening, I banged my head on the kitchen counter yesterday, and my head's a bit foggy. Um, but we don't arm young people with the simple fact and the, and the simple baseline of sex is fine it's natural it's not actually as much of a big deal as we make it out to be it should be fun it should feel good and so you've got these adults sort of navigating relationships and sex that haven't even had it dawn on them or or said to them that sex is to be discussed and enjoyed and laughed at you you know and experimented with it and we we don't when you someone hasn't even had that notion presented to them or or had it dawn on them how do you then expect them to be able to confidently and comfortably say to someone suck the left nut does that make sense you know it it starts at a young age and we're just not giving people that uh Um, young people that what are the most common kind of concerns and issues you encounter from people um with like re blowjobs look they're shit at it and trust me i was going to say karen but that's now become a bad thing barbara Trust me, Barbara, you're not shit at it. <laughs> um, it is, like, I, and I mean this with the best love in the world. It is uh, the most love in the world. It's not a negative thing. Sometimes I almost want to get hold of guests in my class uh, and shake them and go, oh, my God, Barbara, it is just a blowjob. It's just a, it's a penis. It's just a penis. He might think that it's the centre of the universe, but it ain't that deep. <laughs> um <laughs> It just isn't a lot of the time, literally. Um, and I'm funny, right? Um, <laughs> but but that's the thing. People think they're they're shit, and so I'll, a lot of the time to sort of and you know I hate anyone that says I'm going to be devil's advocate because that's normally translation. I'm just going to be a dick to you for the next ten minutes. But to be devil's advocate in in what I hope is a positive way with my demo model. In the class, I'll say, show me what you do. Go on, like, neck the Prosecco. Uh, maybe have a tequila shot uh, as well if you want it. And suck the dildo. Show me. And I have never in 10 years ever, when I've successfully convinced a guest to do that, gone, yeah, so actually that's shit and you shouldn't do that ever. Not once. Mm. Um, because it is just a blowjob. You, you know, and it is, um, you know, Paisley's been so, I hope, this bit might have stuck because it's the the thing that gets me the most is you think about penetrative sex, vaginal, you know, it's linear, it's in out, it's in out. So simulate that. It's just not that complicated. And and you can feel in the room that a lot of people go, 
oh, wait, you're right. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> That's why I'm teaching. <laughs> it is just a really simple up, down, up, down. I, I'm not big into these ridiculous sort of tips where, you know, mm. the one that sticks with me is making fire when you rub it in your hands like you're trying to start a fire with sticks Ooh. if you were camping. Um, <laughs> because it is just a blowjob. And like I say, I have never seen a bad, quote-unquote, example of it any time that I've got someone to demo mm. it. Um, that's the the biggest thing, to the point where it almost makes me feel like a bit of a snake oil sales, salesman sometimes. <laughs> because people at the end of it go, oh, it really is that simple. And I'm like, yeah, it's a penis. Mm. You, you, you do the nice thing with it. You don't squeeze it too hard. Don't kick it or whatever unless he wants you to <laughs> and that's kind of it um yeah and, and that that's what i try and achieve with the blowjob class because it's a man saying to you you've got this barbara you're all good love it you're like barbara's cheerleader <laughs> <laughs> that's what i try to it, it's almost sort of the you know the gay best friend sort of thing and I, i'm trying to be there going you've got mm. this and i wish that you're the <laughs> you person whose it. dick you were sucking <laughs> exactly go and suck it um, and I, I wish the person who was getting the blowjob would tell you this, but I also understand that that's not that's mm. not always realistic. That doesn't always happen, and so that's the sort of little role that I hope to fill um, yeah. is going. You've got this. You are strong. You are intelligent. Go and suck his soul out through his dick. Um, <laughs> you know. Oh, Laura, you're right there. <laughs> Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss <laughs> um does that make sense yeah yeah love it. Cool. love it so obviously we all we all know when it comes to in air quotes sex tips they're kind of bullshit because it's there's no one size fits all approach everyone's bodies no. are different it, but what do you teach in the class that could give our listeners some sense of Relief from their blowjob so, anxiety. Um, everything that I teach, the, you, the, the, the class is two hours. The first maybe 45 minutes is more sort of theoretical talking about things and then we go into practical demo. I am begrudged as well and, and I do always give a disclaimer of ignore me 
if something's not working right, because the only way that I'm actually going to be able to give you a dot to dot to dot is if you pay me to spend a couple of hours with your husband. Um, mm. So I say everyone is different. But there are sort of catch-all, you know, just things that I've noticed through receiving a blowjob, things that I have literally gone out and experimented on. I've had clipboards while I've been sucking dick before, and there have been different <laughs> techniques that I've tried and put like a big tick or an X next to whether or not it's worked. <laughs> and the ones that, that came back um, that I teach about are start slow, um, it can be really difficult because you've got this, you know, angry, veiny, at least I hope it's angry and veiny. Um, <laughs> I, I like a vascular penis. Um, but when you've got Laura. it like pointed at you. I know. Who has a vascular penis? I feel like there's a story in there. <laughs> I, I don't have a vascular penis. Um, no. She, um, I'm just. Um, I could just imagine you like wincing at the vascular <laughs> comment. That was why yeah. I was laughing at you. Oh, I liked veins. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, and so on the receiving end of it, um, I say in the class, I I have never, and I, I am a very salty old queen, in case you can't tell, I have never sat back while I'm getting my dick sucked and gone, needs a bit more tongue or whatever. Like, that's just not where my head is at. Ha, head pump. Um, wait. <laughs> wait. But that's not where my head is at, receiving it. But... There have been times where I thought that was incredible, but maybe it could have been, there could have been a bit more build up. Maybe you couldn't have just gone straight for the dick, even though it's like, it's looking you right in the eye and it's really easy to just flop the dick out and stick it in your gob. Um, that sort of build up and light touches, which it, it sounds like such a fucking basic platitude, but genuinely the, the times that, that really stick with me when someone's gone down on me. It's when it's been sort of slow and it's been built up and there's no sort of rush to it. And so that's that's a big thing that I talk about is pacing. Uh, always go, and it's the same with BDSM, always go 25% less, whether it's how hard you're spanking someone or how hard you're gripping someone's dick. Always, always, always go less, simply because the analogy that I use, imagine that someone's tickling the inside of your arm and that's lovely, right? But after 10 minutes, you want them to maybe move to a different spot because those nerve endings have gone a bit dull and it's not it's not tickling and, and feeling as nice as it did. And the same sort of theory applies with blowjobs is, is when someone's just gone and stuck it straight in their mouth. Those have been the times where I've maybe struggled to achieve orgasm or I've not been quite as... You, you know that sort of sex when you're vibrating and, and all of your nerves are going off and everything's lovely. Mm what I noticed both giving and receiving blowjobs was that that was less likely to happen if you just went nom in it goes. Um, and so 25% less fast to actually get the dick in the mouth, 25% less hard on the grip, 25% less speed, uh, when it's in the mouth, do, do you, you see where I'm coming from? Let everything be mm -hmm. felt slow yeah. down. Um, which I like to think isn't a complete tip. It's not a dot to dot. It's just a slow down, Barbara. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a marathon, not a race. <laughs> um, That's a great one. And then the other bit is literally other bits. Um, I'm aware that a lot of women are terrified of balls. Um, that's <laughs> yeah, not their raise, fault. Raise his hand. <laughs> uh, well, there, there's this whole um, sort of mythical status around bollocks. 
and it's bollocks. <laughs> like, I have made a living off of CBT, not cognitive behavioral therapy, cock and ball torture. Uh, I have many, many clients that I will literally take a running kick at their bollocks. Um, I'm six foot four and I weigh 13 stone and I, I wear really big, heavy boots. Th those kicks are not light. And they walk out of the session happy afterwards. They do not walk out like a Komodo dragon. And so this whole idea that bulls are, are just so fragile, so sensitive, is crap. It's crap. Um, I think that there's almost a toxic masculinity thing going on of the family jewels or the crown. Is that what straight men call them? Crown jewels? Mm, I don't know much yeah. about straight men. Um, Laura. <laughs> I realised I know no straight men the other day, so I'm like, I'll divert this one to Laura. <laughs> that sounds like a good life, not having any straight men around. Um, we, but, but we have this as a kid, um, and I, I talk about it in class, it's a false memory. Most men will have been kicked in the balls or hit with a football or something when they were a child, and it hurt like hell. Um, but one of the things that happens during puberty is the testicles thicken. Uh, and expand, and, and when you're aroused, the testicles can expand by over 70% in size uh, and density. And one of those things is if you think about getting railed from behind, and I hope it's all it's happened to everybody recently because we all need that in our lives. Um, you know when his bollocks are like slapping against you? Like that. <laughs> What's happening there? It's impact. Like they are designed to take impact. And so, yeah, he might think that it's going to kill him, uh, you, you know, if, if you so much as touch a bollock, he will die. And it's a false memory. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. And so balls, don't be afraid of them. Um, sort of plop them in your hand and, and just give it a little juggle. A little juggle. That's enough for most of them. We're simple creatures. Um, and so don't be afraid of balls. The only reason um, for them to actually really genuinely hurt, if he's not just being a little bitch, uh, is if he has a hernia uh, or if there is a lump that that might be cancerous. And so if he is genuinely in pain when you touch his balls, get him to a doctor. But aside from that, okay. tell him to bite down on leather belt and shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> this whole conversation feels so wrong when I'm under my nephew's duvet. It just, Every time. I just had that realisation. I was like, this feels so wrong. <laughs> my nephew's just moved in with us and he told me yesterday that I'm a really good mum. Oh. <laughs> Um, are we all right to hit you, Lol, with some reader questions, listener questions? Absolutely. Come at me. Woo! But also, I guess we just want to reiterate that it is the communication part we said at the beginning. It really is. I, said, I know it's so boring and people are expecting the salacious stories or for me to have some sort of revelation. But honestly, uh, my whole thing is try to get to the point of being able to talk to your partner, whether that's a long-term partner or a brand new one, about sex with the same indifference that you would talk about the weekly shop. Yeah, and like it that. takes it takes practice. Even for me, I've had to practice it. You take a deep breath, and you out with it. So you should be if if you have someone's penis in your mouth, you should be able to say to them, "Do you want me to put your penis in my mouth?" With the same indifference, you should say, "Should we get some camembert on the Tesco?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because like, oh my yes. god, they have their dick in your mouth, and yeah. so that's what what I try and tell everyone to strive for is the same indifference as the weekly shop. Would you be embarrassed to say to someone, should we get some couscous? No. So try to get to the same point where you could also say, do you want to fuck me in the ass? Okay. I love that advice. That's going yeah? to be the, the trailer for the podcast. Go for it, Laura. Right. Quick fire. Questions. Go, go, go. Mastermind. <laughs> how, um, how do I stop my jaw from aching? 
basically, unless he has a really huge penis, the reason that your jaw is aching is that um, your muscles aren't very oxygenated. Um, it can happen, but you need to figure out what makes you horny and turns you on about giving a blowjob because one of the things that happens when you are aroused is that your muscles expand and oxygenate. And so if you're super, super into it, then you are less likely to get the sore jaw. I only ever get the sore jaw if I'm like giving a laborious, boring blowjob. Mm. And so I tend to stick a doxy in between my legs while I'm doing it. And that tends to loosen my jaw right up. Okay, Paisley, you go. That'll do it. Um, we've had a few from people who get lock jaw and they say, are there any moves you can do instead with like your hands to take the pressure off your mouth when that happens? I fake it. Uh, the furthest that I ever put a penis in my mouth, I, I think deep throating is bullshit. Uh, and that tends to contribute to lock jaw because of course you need to open it to get it in the throat. Um, is only put the tip of his dick in your mouth, fake it with the rest of your hand. And so if you try to mentally attach your hand to your mouth, only put a teeny tiny little bit of the penis actually in the mouth so it's not even past your teeth, uh, and then use your hand for the rest of it. We are idiots looking down at that when the hand is attached to the mouth. We can't see how deep it's going in the mouth, and so you're not opening your jaw very far. He thinks that he's like all the way to the back of a throat, he wishes, uh, when in fact it's the hand doing all the work. Fake it. Love that. I was actually practising that. I mean it. <laughs> also, just quickly as well, when it comes to deep-throating... Um, I do not think that this is unfair at all. Fake it. The same thing. When I'm doing that, I will put like just the tip of his dick in my mouth. I'm barely even opening my jaw. If, if his dick is big enough that you need to fully open your jaw just to put the tip in, please point him my way. Um, but I will literally go, as I'm going down onto the penis, go, <laughs> he's nowhere near my gag reflex. So if he's one of those guys that's fixated on deep throating, fake it. Oh God. And then sometimes I, I'll maybe like wipe my eye like I've got a tear in it just for a little bit of Salt Bay dramatic effect. You are so dramatic. Um, okay. uh -huh. It works. <laughs> Should you carry on after they've come? Um, briefly, but be aware that the tip of the penis is going to be really, really sensitive. Uh, and so I would then focus on the shaft and the balls. Avoid the head. If he has a foreskin, like pull it back over the top so that the head's not exposed. But don't jump off straight away after he's come because you've got a good like minute or two of really nice, tingly loveliness. Um, so mm -hmm. slow down, wind down, maybe remove the tip from your mouth. Uh, but do continue contact and touching and, and some nice rubs. Okay. And you just mentioned foreskin. Is th Are there different kind of... Um, is there different advice for people who are circumcised and who aren't? If he's circumcised, uh, you can be a bit rougher uh, on the glands, uh, on the tip where the skin is a bit thicker. And if, on the flip side of that, if he is uncircumcised but he has a type 4 skin called phimosis, uh, make him go to the doctor. It's really easily fixable. But don't, don't manipulate the foreskin past where it goes naturally. Um, I had phimosis as a teenager. You get steroid cream, you apply it, you stretch it out. And the worst thing was when someone would, you know, it's really obvious that it's not going to move and they'd still get hold of it and yank it. Um, and so if he's circumcised, you can be a bit rougher. If he's uncircumcised and the foreskin is fluid, then ignore it. And if he has phimosis, don't pull it back. Okay. I think this one is going to go back to the communication, but how to politely decline not swallowing. Okay. So my whole thing about this, hear me out. Uh, is absolutely nobody has the right to tell you that you should have a bodily fluid in your mouth. 
Um, I've gone down on some guys and it's like angry camel spit. It's disgusting. Sure. Like, I'm sorry, but some guys, like, no judgment on your lifestyle. But if you drink whiskey and smoke every day, then I don't want to swallow because it's going to smell like camel spit. Um, but don't be a bitch about it. So, and I, I know that sounds mean, but I had a real complex as a teenager. My first proper boyfriend would spend 20 minutes making me come in his mouth. And then when I came in his mouth, he would, I was a smoker at the time, so there's me being a hypocrite. Um, but when I came in his mouth, he'd go, Ugh! and I had this real complex. And so, because it, I didn't ask for that to be a bodily function. You know, if you are revolted by semen, that that's okay, I suppose. That's something to talk about with someone much more qualified than me. But simply diffuse the bomb. Don't let him come in your mouth. And so politely doing it, you get really into it. You know, you're given the blowjob and then you say to him, are you going to come? Tell me when you're going to come. And you pay attention. His nuts will tighten and his stomach will start going. And you simply remove him from the mouth. Aim him at his own stomach. Trust me, he is no stranger to coming on his own stomach. And you just carry on with your hand exactly as you were and let him come on his own chest. So if you want to swallow, great. If you're a spitter or if you're someone that doesn't want to, just don't. Just don't let him come in your mouth. He is not entitled to it. Okay. Um, I was just sorry that was my rant there like any man no. that says it's not a real blowjob unless you swallow go and blow someone else yeah like, I it, hope it, no one's partners are saying that to them if they are oh. like you can't help it like, let's say and that's the don't be a bitch about it the disgust response um, can be a lot of people it's vomit obviously or, or poop or whatever we all have mm. disgust response to other people's bodily fluids it's a whole animal thing about like not wanting to catch disease. So if you have a disgust response to come, that's okay. Don't make him feel bad for it, but also it it is completely unacceptable for him to try and pressure you into that. So simply just don't let it, you know, state that clearly, communication of I don't like it when someone comes in my mouth. But then don't don't act with disgust. Simply make sure that you don't encounter that situation. That sounds good. Um, and I guess, have we got time for one more, do we think? I've got no concept of time. I'm just in a blowjob dream world. Um, someone has asked, how can I make them come fast? Which upsets me because I'm like, it's not supposed to be a no. race, right? So no. what would your response to that be? Um, I'm just going to be brutal. If you are only giving someone head to get them to come, don't. Don't give them head. Um I, can't, I, I hate it. And, and genuinely, it's upsetting when someone starts going down on you or when you start fucking someone and they go, are you going to come already? Like, it, it makes you feel like you're being uh, someone snapping their fingers at you, you know, of like, hurry up. And it makes you feel like you are an inconvenience. It makes you feel uh, like they don't actually want to be there and that they're doing it out of obligation. I would much rather my husband fucked off out of the house and let me play video games in my pants than gave me a blowjob you know, if he, if he wanted to treat me and make me happy, then gave me a blowjob that he didn't want to give me. Don't patronise me. Men don't talk about this a lot, but we are also humans. And we do feel, you can tell when someone's going down on you and they just don't want to be there. And they just want you to hurry up. And I would rather just have a wank. Like, you know, if that's a thing, I know that sounds brutal, but if you're only in it, to try and hurry up and have the orgasm, then I think you should really reassess whether or not you enjoy giving head, because if you don't, that's okay. 
you know, I, I just I can't stand the idea that there are both women out there giving blowjobs that they that they might not be into and that they want him to hurry up and come, and that there are men on the receiving end of blowjobs like that where they feel that they're an inconvenience or that they're an obligation. That For me, that's just, there's a lot of toxicity around that. Just don't. Yeah, I just want to do this last one really quickly. I know we're running out uh-huh. of time. Um, a couple of people have told me they've never been able to come from a blowjob. How common is this? Very, very, very common. Um, don't be that person that says, well, you've never had, had it done properly. Uh, okay. Because again, I mean, you, you all know this as women. Um, if you say, I can't come from XYZ, and you get this fuckboy that goes, you know, well, you've just never had it done right. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I just don't think I come from that easily enough. It's really common. And again, it's a platitude like communication, but it's true. The less you focus on having an orgasm, the more you're just going to enjoy the sex. Um, I know that for men that can be a bit uncomfortable because you get fluid build up on your balls and it almost feels like you need to sneeze. But trust me, from the the giver of the blowjobs point of view, he will go to the bathroom and finish himself off if that's what he needs to do. And that is none of your goddamn business in the best way. Uh, You know, if you've sucked his dick and he hasn't come, don't put pressure on him about it. Don't put pressure on yourself about it. If he needs to ejaculate and have an orgasm, he will deal with it himself. And so don't stress about it. It's really common. I struggle to come from getting a blowjob a lot of the time. doesn't mean I'm not enjoying it. I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of the times where like, you know what? That was lovely. But I think, I think I'm done. Yeah. You know, and, and so try not to really, really common. Same as guys who can't come from penetrative sex sometimes. It's really common. Everybody is different. And so try, try I know it's hard, but try really hard not to be hung up on it because it, it's just not the be all and end all. Um, I think we need to wrap up. Um, but Dominic, I have loved, I feel like you are a fountain of um, <laughs> cock knowledge. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, it's Original been so cock fun destroyer. and weird. <laughs> <laughs> the OG cock destroyer. No, thank you. It's been great. And I hope that thank concussion you. isn't um, too bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit fuzzy. <laughs> 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 if people want to find you dominic where can they find you uh masterdominic.co.uk uh or just google master dominic uh don't do it at work or around relatives <laughs> you heard him <laughs> thank i you mean so it much. <laughs> thank you for having me thanks bye bye bye, bye. um i'm a bit lost for words there to be honest paisley that's the first time ever you've had nothing to say <laughs> I think Dominic um, said it all, to be honest. He said more than enough, didn't he? He said it all and then some, especially about his parrot. Yes. I think it's just really important and interesting to remember that it's not really about the tips. It's not like, do this, hold it like this. It's literally about, what do they like? Ask them, be comfortable and enjoy it. And we forget that. Yeah, and also I I did love, Mm. I loved when he sort of said, you know, if you're comfortable enough to have their dick in your mouth, um, you should be comfortable enough to ask them like, what exactly. they like. Um, I always say this. You should not be sleeping with someone you don't feel comfortable enough to have a conversation with. Like, what? Yeah, that was a bit of a light bulb moment there. But um, <laughs> don't. it's not emotional. I love that you go it? in your emotional voice. <laughs> that there's nothing emotional <laughs> in, this, in this podcast. Fuck's sake, I thought you'd gone on a journey. All right, then. See you later, then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are we actually just going to wrap up now? Yeah. 
This brings us to the end of this episode of Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. Thanks to Master Dominic for joining us and to you guys for listening. If you have any sex questions or dating dilemmas, message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK. Cosmopolitan's All The Way With was recorded by Number 8 Studios remotely and is available to download on all the usual podcast apps. 